0: This is the Powerful Practitioner Podcast, and I'm your host, Paige Kane. Whether you're an intuitive coach, an energy healer, a psychic reader, or simply an at home alchemist, you are welcome here. Inside of this podcast, you'll attune to the spiritual practices, principles, and insights that will bring you instantaneous magnetism, life changing internal shifts and of course, massive soul growth. Yes, your intuition led you here. Now let's get started. I am so, so, so excited to share with you today's guest interview. Today on the podcast, you'll be hearing from my good friend and client, Fee Dang. Fee has so much wisdom to share inside of this episode, and her and I interview each other. So she asks me some questions. I ask her a lot of questions. And during this episode, you really get to observe what it's like to be with two healers, two intuitives, two people who are really working in the world of energy, sit together and have a conversation. Fee's story and what brought her to being a life coach, a human design chart reader and an author is incredibly powerful. She goes deeper into it on the podcast, but she is a first generation born Australian daughter of brave refugees who happened to meet on a boat fleeing the Vietnam War. Her name is pronounced Fee and it means flying high in Vietnamese and You'll hear throughout the stories and the wisdom that she shares that she has really risen from challenging life circumstances, including the heartbreaking loss of her father at the young age of 20. And like me, Fee has also experienced career, work, and job burnout. In 2021, Fee was a part of the Great Resignation which if you're like me, you watched all of that happen on TikTok. And during that time, she turned her passion for mental health into a side hustle all while she was still climbing the corporate career ladder. And then within a year of that, she went full time. She hit her first six figures in business and is now an extremely sought after human design life coach. She helps incredible humans all over the world to break free from what is holding them back, to live their best lives through her Soul Revolution framework, which consists of mindset, self-love, energy, and purpose. Fee is known for her really down-to-earth approach, and she is such a down-to-earth human. You will just hear it in her voice as we talk on the podcast episode. She is truly an Expert in her field as she gives practical guidance and is incredibly gifted and intuitive. Fee does such a great job of pairing that practicality with intuitive insights. And you are going to have so many downloads, so many uh aha moments just from simply listening to this episode. You can also now purchase Fee's book, which is. So amazing to say, I am so excited for this book. My copy is literally on the way as we speak, which I seriously recommend that you pause the podcast now or at the end of the episode, you log on to your favorite bookstore retailer and purchase it. The book is called The Great Unlearning. And what I really love about Fee and how she has written this book is it is completely different from all those other self help books that you see on the shelves. She's really flipping the narrative and the concept of self help and personal development by doing something completely different. Yes, instead of learning more for our soul growth work, Fee really suggests unlearning. And inside of her book, she teaches you exactly how. With actionable steps. And she also gives us a little sneak preview during this episode as well. With that, I hope you really enjoy our episode together and this magical conversation. So I am sitting here with the magical Fi Dang, who has a book on its way out. Is it officially out in Australia yet?
1: Not yet, in two weeks, but I'm really, really excited. So whenever you're listening, end of June, yes.
0: (laughs) That I have already pre-ordered, so I'm excited. I cannot wait for it to come in, but I know everyone has heard your formal introduction at this point, but I would love for you to share in your own words, kind of your story on how you got to be a life coach, an author, a human design expert, all the things. How did you arrive here?
1: Thanks, Paige. I feel like we both kind of have those similar paths where we weren't necessarily, um, when we got out of university and studying, went straight into this field of work. Used to be in advertising. And actually, a lot of my work has come through, I guess, things that could be perceived as negative um, in the sense that, you know, I wouldn't be here because my my parents met on a boat fleeing the Vietnam War. So if that didn't happen, I wouldn't be here. And the same with my business, because my business came from a passion project whilst we had the pandemic here in Australia. So I had more time to myself and I'd always been so passionate about mental health. So I started this Instagram page and within three months, you know, I grew over 10,000 followers organically and I became a life coach on demand. That's very manifesting generator, you know, not seeking something, responding to the world around you. And it's been such a wild ride. I can't believe it. I remember we were working together when I was still in my side hustle days. And then I was able to go full time in nine months. I hit six figures, which is huge. We did a lot of healing work on my money mindset. It absolutely astounds me. And then, yeah, I got a book deal and I have my book, The Great Unlearning, Awakening to Living an Aligned and Authentic Life coming out. And, you know, intuition opened up and human design. It's just been so mad. It's like, what is it we always say? Like
0: this stuff just gets weirder, easier, more magical. Did you always feel like you would become an author or become a published author? Like, even before you had the idea of the book? Was that something you always felt for yourself? You know what?
1: I think deep down, I knew there was a book within me, but I never knew what I would write about. And I've always kind of had a passion for writing and literature because um, my dad used to read to me a lot and he was an English teacher and he passed away when I just turned 20 years old. So it's something that's been really dear to my heart. But yeah, my life has been totally unexpected in many ways.
0: Oh, that story, yeah. I feel like seeing all your writing and all of your content that this is something that was like so like deep within you. And it's funny, it took like just clicking into like, oh, this is what it's gonna be about. I think that's absolutely incredible. Were there like intuitive, like besides I know our readings and stuff like that? We've definitely talked about this. But do you feel like you had intuitive downloads? or messages along the way where you were like, oh my gosh, I'm being really like pushed in this direction of becoming an author? Oh my gosh, not at all. I really didn't know that was going to happen.
1: And I think this is a big misconception because I always thought people that were intuitive psychics were kind of born that way. And I even had worked with previous people where I remember somebody told me, she was like, in no way are you psychic in this lifetime? You know, she had a course and she was like, you know what, actually, I don't think you should join because I don't think you're at that level of everybody else in the group. I don't think you are going to have intuitive gifts in this lifetime. So I really felt a bit like, oh, and upset and shame in a way, even though I didn't know I wanted that. I was just curious about this world. And that part really lay dormant until um, after my dad died, I did a lot of like personal development work. And I would say this really opened up You know, three years ago for me on a retreat where I did a lot of breath work and I actually um, glimpsed a past life where I saw that I was a witch being burnt at the stake. And I gave me tingles and I was like, oh, because when my dad was sick, he was kind of saying like, you can tap into this side. And I was like, I think this guy's gone mad because he had cancer and I thought he was delusional, but it was true. And it was actually working with you, Paige. You actually told me that like anybody can tap into this and there's so many different ways. And I think as I started to believe more in myself, I attracted the right people that helped me develop my intuition. And now I'm so passionate
0: about telling people like everyone is intuitive, hands down. One, I think so many people can deeply resonate with having that experience of being told like, no, you're not psychic or like, no, you're not intuitive. I remember when I was younger, like having a group of friends at one point who told me like playing make-believe was like not cool anymore. And I feel like in that process, it really kind of washed out my intuition for a while. So I feel like so many people go through moments like that when we're t- or like kind of denied something that is so innate. And it's so beautiful to see how now where you've come to now and how much you've evolved when you're sitting with a client, because I know you do human design chart readings. Do you feel in those moments now how much your intuition is coming through? And if you do, can you describe what that's like in a reading? Oh, yes.
1: So much more so. And I think it's actually the power of belief. Once I stopped kind of having these limiting beliefs, like you're making this up, this isn't real. And the more I leaned into it and I just kind of took a risk, right? I just started saying, channel messages that I would get like coming into my third eye. I'm very like clairsentient as well. And then just kind of throwing it out there and seeing people's reactions. And I'm like, oh, I was onto something. And you start to cultivate that self-belief. And for me, as I develop, it's like now I'm able to have more like clairvoyant messages where I'm able to like see things. It's now this like knowing. And I think a part of that was at my corporate job. I was very scared to be spiritual, scared to be seen as woo-woo and witchy. And the more I've embraced it, the more these I guess, intuitive abilities have come through. And I'm sure you can relate to that as well, because I find it so fascinating that you're a shaman and, you know, what would be the difference between like a shaman and a psychic and energy work? Because I think that's something I've always been interested to know about you as well.
0: So with shamanism, so Both both styles or types of shamanism I have personally studied, I've been initiated into them. So I've gone through rites and rituals that allow me to practice a lineage of work that's been passed down, as opposed to a lot of the psychic work I've actually learned as well has, has a lineage, has a line also of people who have stewarded that work too. But the difference with like shamanism and just like everyday psychic intuitive work, or just everyday energy healing, which I think so many of us have innate energy healing gifts as well. I'm sure they even show up in your readings, right? Like you're saying, I receive a download or, okay, something's coming into my third eye. I'm ready to provide someone with this transmission. That's such an energetic gift as well as a psychic gift. But shamanic practice is different in the fact that there's initiation and there's a lot of ritual that you do in order to carry on and be a steward of that specific style of energetic work.
1: Ooh, I really love that. And I feel like from my personal experience working with you, it involves a lot of like the natural elements. Yeah.
0: They say that shamans are the earth keepers. So they're the keepers of the earth. We're here to steward not only ourselves, right? Our our personal energy hygiene, our personal energetics to steward our communities, but also so deeply connected into responsibility of taking care of the planet. And there's a lot of that represented and held in shamanic practice, which I think is really beautiful.
1: Oh, I feel like we're on the same wavelength because I was literally thinking about how important it is to have those like spiritual hygiene practices that people don't really know how important it is to ground and cleanse and protect yourself.
0: Yeah. I think especially as we're going through this like time period and you The like little snippets I've listened to like about your book on the podcast, I feel like you and I are on the same wavelength. As people like awaken and unlearn and decondition, I feel like right now there's a lot more psychic debris or there's a lot of things to move through, right? The things that are happening in our consciousness are more on display, are more outward. So coming back to ourselves and taking care of our energy body, whether that's like dropping a grounding cord into the earth having a moment of silence doing your your deconditioning your unlearning is so incredibly important for us to step back into our energetic sovereignty as other people around us awaken because so much of healing is really like quote unquote cleaning up your side of the street first right when we do our work we allow for other people to do their inner work as well so i think it's more important than ever to be like really caring for our energy bodies right now. You know, when we're working with people in our field of work, or if you work with people, it's putting on your own
1: oxygen mask first before you help other people. And obviously I had a look at your human design, uh, being I am obsessed with human design. And I found it really interesting that you have this channel that really like overrides a lot of your chart, which is the channel of maturation, which is cycles. And I know that you recently retired your one-to-one offering, and that was kind of like honoring your process and very much closing a cycle out for you. And I can imagine that would have been very scary, but for a generator with like also the channel of focus, it makes sense to really like hone in on your craft and your mastery. So what was that process like for you letting go of something for you space to come in, I guess?
0: I mean, it was definitely so retiring my my big one to one offering the mentorship offering, which I've had, I feel like since the beginning of my business felt really scary and nerve wracking in the action. But prior to doing it and after doing it has felt really like calm. And I've really been able to settle in that this was ultimately the right decision for me. I was in the middle of a healing meditation, like a healing hypnosis meditation, and this thought came to me like it's time to retire your one-on-one mentorship. And it's one of the it was one of those intuitive downloads where I went, "Whoa, whoa that is so big." And I had to hold it in my heart space for a little bit, and that week I had a client come in and she said, page i keep tweaking these things in my business and i realized i keep tweaking it because i need to let them go and those are the exact words i needed to hear to have permission to also really let this go and now on the other side of it i feel so at peace in my body i feel so excited and and ready for the next chapter and it's funny you mentioned those energetics in human design because one of the biggest things i focused on in how I run my business this year is where do I want my business to be in like five or 10 years from now? And what's going to really like stick and move with me through time. And then the other crazy synchronicity in what you said is one of my really good friends, when I told her I was doing this, she said, the contract is just up on this. Like the time you were supposed to be doing this has expired. And I literally have the chills as I say this. And it, I felt to such a deep resonance, like, yes, oh, that's exactly what happened. Like the the contract has expired. I also, not to selfishly keep talking about myself, but I love that you mentioned cycles. I know my human design chart decently well. I'm not an expert like you are. And it's amazing even to listen because you're reflecting so much back to me. But my incarnation cross is the cross of cycles. So cycles and rebirth is a huge part of the energy signature I carry here in like this specific lifetime.
1: Oh, I just got like so many tingles when you said that. And that's because, you know, cycles, people forget. It could be one day. It could be years long. When you are in a cycle, you've got to honor the beginning, the middle and the end of it, which I think people can sometimes forget about.
0: Yeah, it's taught me to be so careful with my energy and what I pour into. So I really like to think of, can I see this thing from beginning to middle to end? Like, can I really pour my energy into full completion of something? And if I don't feel that momentum, a lot of the times I say, no, this is not for me. And that makes
1: sense with your human design, because it's kind of like saying with that channel of maturation, if you sign up for something and you say, yes, it's kind of like the way that your soul works, it has to complete that full cycle. But what I wanted to really mention about your human design, which is so fascinating and so rare, I don't think I've ever seen it in the hundreds of readings that I've done is that you have a completely open and undefined throat center. And that is very much being able to be very fluid with the way you communicate, as well as being all things manifestation. And so I wonder how that's played out for you because it's about that throat chakra and being intuitive. And many, you know, most of us have that witch wound of being scared to speak up. So I'm just so intrigued on what are your thoughts about having that kind of quality in your soul?
0: Ooh, that's such a good question. I think a huge part of my purpose in being here has been in healing my throat chakra. I have Hashimoto's hypothyroidism. And going through that journey, I think a lot of what we manifest in our physical body also can have like a, a relationship to something spiritual or emotional. And for a really long time, I had the tendencies to try to be like everyone else, to people please, to show up, whether it was in my own business or when I was in my career in the ways I which in in the ways in which I thought others wanted me to. And now I realize the more I allow myself to like speak my truth to be myself. I just posted the silliest reel today and it's doing better than so many of my other reels. And I think that's because the more I allow this like throat space to be fluid and open and to honor all the little multifaceted parts of who I am, and on top of that, to express them, that that is like a gift I'm meant to extend to others. Because so many of my clients come to me saying like, Paige, I'm ready for spiritual leadership, but I, I can't even claim it. Like, I don't want to, I don't know how to tell people or let alone tell my family, my husband, my significant other, or I don't know what my clients will think of me if I add the word psychic or intuitive to my Instagram bio. These are conversations I'm having all the time. So I think the, the multitude of my self-expression allows others to honor the multitude of their self-expression. And that's just part of oh my the gosh. healing work.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I love that reel. And it's so interesting that you spoke about leadership because I so remember when I first started my Instagram account, zero followers, maybe like one or two likes and The thing that really pivoted for me was really um, at the time speaking about men's mental health, which wasn't very commonly spoken about. And I realized that no one was going to hand me leadership. I had to step into that. And when I did that, that's when I
0: got initiated. What was a part of that initiation? Into leadership for you?
1: I think being initiated into that is scary because you never expect it. I think in this work, I always thought it would take time, but as we we delve into this world, it's all about quantum leaping. And so I think it's about true leadership is being authentic to yourself. And that can be really scary because I'm very much related to you about The throat chakra and, you know, before my business, this manifested in my corporate job, I was under a lot of like stress and pressure and burnout and essentially being bullied by one of my bosses. And for like three to five years, I didn't say a word and I was just suffering. It was only till I spoke up about it. My life finally changed for the better in so many ways. But I think I felt so powerless and wanting to stay in this kind of good girl archetype, you know, the one that's like people pleasing and doesn't want to make a fuss. And I think really awakening that, because in my own journey, I really learned how the throat chakra is connected to your womb space as well for women and that. There's so much power in our creativity, in our voice, in expressing ourselves in so many ways that we've been kind of boxed in. And that's why I'm so passionate about unlearning. Like you don't have to be a certain way or speak a certain way when it comes to leadership. I
0: have like chills now. (laughs) With everything you just said, when you look at your own human design chart, do you recognize like there certain things you've stepped into now or certain things you've been through in your life? Can you see their energetic representation in, in your chart? Oh my gosh, through and through.
1: Leadership is like my main soul energy and my North Node in terms of like my conscious personality and my human design build is about power, like stepping into that in this lifetime. And the first example that came to mind when you said that was my main life energy is what we call like struggle, risk-taking, fear of purposelessness. And it's very much that energy that loves to go deep and into the darkness. And I think that's something I'd always been afraid of. I think when people see me like my community, they call me positivity queen. I think I am very positive, but I think it's not by a toxic weight because I choose that and I'm choosing to learn through my experiences, to grow through them and not just go through them. And so I think it's enabled me to be like, okay, part of my design and very scorpionic energy is to delve into the dark stuff. And I'm not afraid to talk about death and grief and and loss and all those things, because I've experienced that firsthand. And it's such an honor and privilege to hold space for people that are going through that. And in a way, I've been able to turn my wounds into wisdom and my pain into power, which I think everybody can do in this lifetime.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I always say, and this this comes from one of my mentors, that our like, greatest gifts don't come from the light, fluffy rainbows and butterflies. They often come from the depths and the darkness and bringing that stuff into the light. What you said is such a beautiful representation of that and how you've been able to do that.
1: Yeah, thank you. And I think you never really know where life is going to take you. And what really comes to mind is I'm so glad that life didn't go the way that I planned because I'd probably be like a lawyer right now. I never even thought I would be a life coach and living this dream. I never thought I could actually be happy doing what I love and being abundant for it. Like that just never registered into my field. But I'm sure you get this too when you work with clients. So many people come to me, like, what's my purpose? And human design and a lot of tools can give you kind of like a guide. But I think ultimately our purpose is to have a human experience, whatever that means. You know, maybe this is my emotional authority coming out, like riding those emotional waves. I kind of think it's such a roller coaster. I'm like, oh, this is happening. Oh, now this is happening. And it can be really hard at the time. But On the other side, when you look back, you're like, wow, I I wouldn't change a thing.
0: So true. I have so many of the same sentiments. I would love to hear more about your story because I know you came from like a hospitality
1: background and your business has really evolved. And I've also really loved learning about your relationship because you just got engaged. Congratulations. And that was so exciting and gave me a lot of hope because you know love always comes up in people's readings as well. Mm,
0: I always say that too. One of the biggest reasons I have clients come to book with me it's either love or money, usually one of the two. There's a lot of other things, People, family, you know, things, relationships, but love and money are two really really big things. So to rewind, I I'm like you did not come into life thinking I was going to be a shaman, a healer. I was actually thinking about this today. Like, what did I think I was going to do when I was growing up? I think for a while, I thought I would be an actress. I think in sixth grade, I thought I was going to be one of the first female presidents, which now I'll lead in other ways. <laughs> like, that was such a compliment. <laughs> I'll lead in other ways. But I had a really traditional trajectory. So I went to went to college, went to university, and studied hospitality. I ended up in Beverly Hills in Los Angeles and in high-end We're talking five star, five diamond properties. And I really, really quickly in the hospitality industry hit burnout. You're working like 60 plus hour weeks. One of my jobs, I was the only manager in that department. And they told me I had to work six days a week. And I did it without question. I so wish I could go back and tell myself, no, you could have said, like, hey, I need a full weekend. This is not what I signed up for. Regardless. Being in the hospitality industry in LA eventually led me into wellness, which I once again kind of stepped into another burnout cycle. I was working too hard and I actually went on vacation with my family to Italy and seeing a different culture transformed me into really recognizing that, oh, I work way too much. I would rather be spending time with my family and my loved ones. And this was which is very like cancer rising of me and this was in the middle of my saturn return so i went to this on this trip to italy while i was still working in la and ended up leaving my job because of it because i had that like aha moment of why do i keep moving towards this goal that's taking me farther and farther away from family taking me farther and farther away from having a life to shorten up the story before we go into like a massive, long tangent, I moved back to Oregon, I took part time jobs until I I met Zach. And he was actually so my fiance, he before we were dating was someone who was such a like guide in my personal process. So I quit my job, moved back to Oregon, met Zach. And he said to me, what are you doing? You could be doing so much more than this. And I started to pay attention what people were asking me for, which at the time was nutrition advice. So I went back and I got my master's in nutrition and functional medicine. And during that time, I had a bo- another boss who was also divinely guided to me who said, Paige, you are so like intuitive. Can you read my energy? Can you tell me about my future? And I sat there feeling like, what? No way. That is not me. And she was like, no, tell me something about me and I would get things right. (laughs) And I eventually heard this woman on the podcast who told me to go to shaman school. And I was in shaman school, I was in my master's for nutrition, feed your intuition, which is my business was born. And the rest was history. I've been studying shamanic, psychic, intuitive work now for over six years. And I've been in my business since 2018. So that's how I got to where I am now. Oh my goodness. That's incredible. And I so see
1: that in your chart. Cause if you look at your, I think it's like your north node on a soul level, it's that energy of revolution and it's still got that six profile line, which is to be a role model and do things differently.
0: Yeah. It's my, I know in astrology that my north node is in Aquarius. So I deeply feel that innovative, like rebellious, also like creating and like leading for the collective energy. Like I really feel that.
1: This like conversation just feels so divinely flowy. I don't know if you're feeling it like I am because Aquarius was actually the sign that I had my Saturn return in. And Oh my goodness, for those who don't know your Saturn return 27 to 30, like I just wrapped mine up and Oh my goodness. I quit my corporate job. I moved from this place that I was living in for three years. I had a breakup of my ex-partner for three years. Like it really shakes things up for you and it can feel so painful, but on the other side, it helps you to become more aligned because we know Saturn is all about discipline and the judge.
0: Yeah. And my Saturn return is also when I met Zach, my fiance.
1: Ooh. Mm -hmm. And okay. You know, I'm going to have to ask this, but I think you know, anytime you do readings for people and we talk about love, everybody wants to know timelines. But the thing is timelines change. People have free will. There's all these things that happen. And I guess from like a shamanic perspective, what would you kind of say about love?
0: I would say love. And this is like such simplistic advice, but just because it's simple doesn't mean it's always easy for me. So before I met Zach, just to provide some context around this, I hadn't had a relationship for like 6 years, like a really really long time, and I had like not been intimate with anyone and I told him like before we had our first kiss, I was like I haven't kissed anyone in in quite a while. Like it's been a little bit of time. And he was really nervous to kiss me because he he was like you set me up with like I had to do something really big and memorable, but in that time of like not having a partner and I took a break, even from dating. I was starting to get really frustrated with like going out on dates and not feeling like anything was happening. I really took time to like just focus and on, on really, truly loving myself. And one of the biggest things I said, affirmation wise that I think fully helped me manifest Zach, if you can manifest a person, right? People always giggle when they say I manifested him, but I totally <laughs> did, is I used to tell people that I didn't have a partner yet, but I couldn't wait to meet them. So I was always implying that, like, he was just behind the next corner or like just around the next bend of my journey, which I think really allowed the manifestation of being in partnership to come into fruition for me. So, my biggest advice for people who are like, I'm ready for love, I want it soon. How can you like fully work on yourself? How can you really surrender in the process that? It's going to happen for you. But also affirm when people ask and say like, oh, you're not really dating anyone. You're not doing any, anything. You're not putting yourself out there. You can always just say not yet, but I like know it's on its way or I can't wait to meet them. And that was so powerful in bringing it in for me. And I literally had this aha the other day and I think I did a TikTok about it because I realized that's what I I told people that for years that I could not wait to meet my person. And then he showed up.
1: Oh, I love that so much. My heart chakra was like, oh, and when you were saying the kiss, I was just imagining you guys having that Spider Man kiss, you know, like that really precious and like magical fairy tale moment. And I think that's definitely something I'm calling into my world. And for me, there's been such a big unlearning process around love because now that, you know, I'm at this place where everything's amazing, like I'm so happy in my career, I'm more myself than ever. And I found myself being quite ashamed. For wanting love. And I think I had to kind of overcome that work and going through a breakup. I can't believe it's almost been a year and realizing, you know, one thing that really hit me hard was that love wasn't enough. There's a lot of other factors like compatibility, um, which paths you're growing on, like, is it in the same direction or are you growing apart? So I think love, just like business and money, can be such a big initiation in your life. You discover a part of yourself that wouldn't have been opened and vulnerable until you come across these things that happen in your life.
0: And also, I always say with Zach that he is one of the most inspiring people I ever met, which I didn't know I could have in partnership. As you were talking about like, yeah, it has to be more than just like love or those fun butterfly feelings. One of the number one things I, I have always said about Zach is that he inspires me so much into not only like taking action in our relationship, but in my life and having a partner like that is so elevating. So if you are, are you know, someone like you, Fee, if anyone listening is like you and you're ambitious, you're going after your career, having someone who can match that energy and who can also like, inspire you and push you a little bit more, I think is so elevating. And I feel really lucky to have him. Yeah.
1: Literally just like threw me out the window. I never even thought about that inspirational quality in a partner and I think what I really loved was you said that he was a guide for you. And that's something when I speak to my clients and people like you're very spiritual and like, but not everybody's spiritual. And they can kind of get frustrated. And my friend, you know, we kind of say they're normies because they don't understand like intuition as you know fluidly as we do. But I think people that are not necessarily intuitive can be your greatest teachers. And it's not having this like level of spiritual egoism where You think that you're better than someone because you've done the work. I always tell people like we have our own paths and it's all about meeting somebody where they're at and we can't do the work for them. You know, we can tell them and they can see and feel that energy in our lives, but ultimately it's up to that individual, whether it's family, a lover or friendship for them to decide to go on this path and do their own personal development.
0: And everyone's like personal growth, personal development is going to be different. And for Zach, a lot of his personal growth and development has come through his work, his career. And so it's amazing to see him, him evolve as a person in his own way, right? Like he doesn't need to sit and meditate with crystals or play the sound bowls like I do. He has his own version of growth. Again, when you lead by example, you do your work and you let people show up in the way in which honors who they are that's so magical. And I'm thinking about your whole family
1: because obviously there's Pal, which is your dog, who's also a Scorpio like me. And I think a lot of people would be fascinated to know about the souls of animals and, you know, maybe when they pass as well, because I know for sure they're definitely still with you and they can guide you. And I'd love to hear your perspective on that. I mean, I don't have a dog yet, but I also would really love a dog.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. I think we have like soul contracts with certain animals and the right pet will show up in your lifetime in the right moment we had been trying to get pal for like a year before we actually got her got a dog we'd gone to a couple of different places to try to adopt a dog we thought we wanted a male dog i have a female dog and when i met her i was like oh you are such a a familiar the witches have their familiars who are here to like help them along their journey or As shamans, you may have like a power animal or a body protector. And she is so, I feel like, I feel her so deeply in my soul contract and probably in Zach's as well. She's just so magical. She'll lay in my office on the like massage table that I use for clients behind me and have her own magical healing moment. She comes in here like by herself, does her own thing in the healing room. She just feels so much like a partner in my life which I love that you asked this question. I feel like no one asks me about my dog. and I spent so much time with her. And I also feel like there are so many pet and animal reincarnation stories when your pets do pass on and and cross over the rainbow bridge. I have so many client stories about they'll go to like an adoption center and they'll meet another cat and they're like, oh, their eyes like look, look exactly like my cat or they do this exact same thing that my other dog did. And so I feel like our animals kind of continue to reincarnate and guide us as we need. And they definitely are such healers. They're so intuitive. And so me as a healer, because I know Pal holds so much space for me, I try as much as possible to give her as much healing and love back as I can. And I think when we're in that contract with those soul pets, soul animals, like that's the biggest thing we can do is how much love can I pour back into you? Can I pour healing back into you? Thank you for holding space for me. I'll just put my hand on her little heart and just tell her I love her all the time.
1: Oh my goodness. That was so beautiful and loving. And I think it always comes back to love. And I think we're really complimentary in this conversation because soul contracts can be really positive as well. Because for me, the first thing that comes to mind is not necessarily loving Uh, soul contracts. You know, for me personally, in my life, I feel like definitely my dating life. (laughs) I think many women would say the same, like a lot of soul contracts. And what really came to mind was that old boss of mine that, you know, went through a lot of hardship because of working under her. It's kind of like I had this perspective that, hey, maybe she had a soul contract with me that, you know, she loved me so much that she promised to help me grow in the most evolved way in this lifetime. And that meant a lot of pain because I think That ultimately made me passionate about mental health in this world and has led me to the career that I'm living. And so I think it's just so nice to have that balanced view of soul contracts, like they're gonna help you grow. They can also be really loving. It's not all doom and gloom. Karma isn't always a bad thing as well. Karma is also beautiful, amazing things that happen in your life because of good karma.
0: Absolutely. In Norse shamanic practice, the term for karma is there's a couple different ways in which to say it, but it's like our personal weird is what it's called. And it encompasses like all things, like all aspects, like you said, both the things that may be really challenging or lessons, and also your gifts, your passions, the things that are going to come really easily for you. It's so funny. We're also talking about this. Oh, I scribbled it out. But on my to do list today, I said, I'm literally on my shaman to do this. And I posted this on my story. So there's proof. It says break the unconscious contract because I realized today that I had made an unconscious contract currently like in this lifetime around something that was causing me a block. And so today I went in, did some shaman energy work and like dismissed the contract and said, this is up. This is over. This needs to leave.
1: This is like conversation. What is going on? The spirit guides are here. They're like, yes, yes, yes.
0: We're like in perfect synchronicity. I love this.
1: And I think that's the great thing about life is that spaciousness and that unpredictability. Because before we both got on this, we're like, so how are we going to do this? And I love that we were just both in flow because we've talked about so many different things
0: love, karma, human design, intuition. Like it's pretty cool. So, speaking of like accumulation of different things, I really want you to tell everyone more about your book and what they can expect from a great unlearning. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, what can I say? I think the
1: concept really came through because I wanted to flip the concept of personal development and growth on its head. Because I think when you go through life and even reading books, everybody's trying to teach you something. And from working with clients and talking to people, I realized it's not that we necessarily have to learn more. There's a lot to unlearn. There's a lot of stuff that hasn't really served us. And In this book, it's again, so divinely guided because it ended up being 29 chapters and I'm 29 years old and it kind of represents five different areas of life. So it was about success, people's timelines, thinking you have to be married at this age. I should be at this part in my life because of this. And even for me realizing in my corporate job, hey, I have all this money, but I'm so miserable. There's something deep down inside that I know is not quite right. So that's one of the sections. And one of the other ones was really going into our self-development and what that means and what spiritual breakthroughs are, because people think it's when you do yoga and lots of meditation. But I think it's actually in the school of life that you have a lot of your breakthroughs through the breakdowns, essentially. I think in terms of, you know, relationships as well, and coming back to yourself and realizing that ultimately it's all about love. And something that I forgot in my own learning process is it doesn't just have to be romantic love. So it's kind of doing this take about what the learning is and then What can we actually unlearn And in the book? There's also exercises and practical tools to help you along the way. And I'm so very excited and nervous because I felt very vulnerable writing it because in a way it feels like a journal It's open to the world. You know, I can even imagine for people in my real life, getting permission from my family and my ex-partner to speak about it. One of my friends was saying like, who does that? Who has a breakup? And then it's like written in a book. So, you know, it's kind of wild again. Like, what is my life?
0: I cannot wait to read it. What is one of the biggest unlearning moments you've had recently? I think I've learned that no matter how much work you do, you will still fall down sometimes and you'll get back up. I think I put
1: a lot of pressure on myself as a life coach to be perfect, but I still do silly things. I can recall like, you know, ages ago, I started dating someone and it did work out. And then, you know, went out on a a big night out, had a few tequilas and, and it up contacting him and that wasn't great. But you know what? I was like, I know I do the energy work, I do the healings, but I'm still human. And I think that's the biggest thing I'm learning, putting myself on this pedestal and these like high expectations. Um, And even for me, just before having like scarcity come up and I thought, oh, I've dealt with this story. So I think your story evolves and I think it's okay to just... Embrace being human because what I really learned is that our soul chose to come here and have this experience. We aren't meant to be perfect. We're not meant to be enlightened and the work finishes.
0: Like, I kind of love that life is like a game and there's just new levels and layers that just keep coming through. It is like peeling back the onion layers, is how I always describe it. Like, there's like Shrek, just like Shrek, there's always more underneath. If someone wanted to start their journey of unlearning, how would they start to even identify or what would be step one in identifying what they needed to unlearn?
1: I think it's always about awareness because people are so hard on themselves or other people. I'm like, you don't know what you don't know. So how can you be beating yourself up. But I think it's really being inquisitive and curious and really asking yourself. Like for me, it really started with timelines. for example, like when to have children. And in my head, you know, when I was younger, for some reason, I thought 27 and I'm like, oh my goodness, 27 years old, I was not ready. And I had to really go back and really question like, where did I get this idea from? And for me, it was growing up in like an Asian Australian household and my grandpa was quite conservative. And I, you know, I think I wrote about it in the book. I'll never forget that. I think he had a Stroke. And we were in hospital, and it felt quite awkward because, you know, I'm straddled between two worlds Australian and my Vietnamese heritage. I can't really speak Vietnamese well. And something that he said to me is he's like, When are you going to settle down for you? I think I was like 25 years old. And he's like, Look at your cousins. Everybody's got a partner. Everybody's getting like mortgages and houses, and you're just like traveling the world. And then I kind of got upset and I realized, but this is like the reason why I've got these preconceived notions in my head. And that's also my human design. I have an open head, an open Ajna. So being really aware that people are putting ideas into your head. And that's when you start appealing, because once you realize, oh, that's why I think the way that I do, then you step into your power. And it's not about victimhood and circumstances. It's about what is your choice? What are you going to do in this moment? Who are you choosing to be? Who's going to meet that moment?
0: What is your truth? That's been a big theme for me. Like what is my personal truth? Especially knowing that in the quantum field, there's like infinite possibilities. And so I love that you brought up that awareness and like questioning of, oh my gosh, where did this thought even originate from? Is it even mine? Because that is such a powerful practice. And like you said, it's such a powerful way to take back power and to so, so, so quickly transform something as well.
1: I think we would go into like the deepest hole about whether the truth even exists, but something that really comes to mind to share with people is in people's stories, you might be the villain. You might be the hero. You might be a side character. You might be the main character. That's what you've got to realize. There's just so many different things that are out there and perspectives. And so really it's just your frame of reference in the world. And I think that's when you know, we meet different people in our lives and we open up because if you have that attitude that I really believe is like, I can
0: learn something from everybody I meet. So we've danced around the topic of human design a lot on the podcast. For anyone who is unfamiliar, what are some of the basics you would suggest for people to know in a human design chart? And I'll drop some resources as to where people can get their like basic charts to look at, but what would you say or have people look at to get to know themselves from that perspective?
1: Yeah, I would say obviously the basics of like your type, because that's how your energy flows and your authority. That's the most important because that's how you make the best decisions. The one thing to note is it's so complex and layered. And so you can obviously look it up in a chart and see it, but it's kind of like astrology. It's the same thing as getting horoscopes, getting an actual reading done by somebody will bring those jigsaw pieces together for you. But for me, what has been really helpful is that authority, like how to make the best decisions. So for example, I'm an emotional authority, which means I have to ride the waves or the high highs, The low lows, the ebbs and flows, and have clarity and time before I make a decision. Human design can be so validating because it's just helping you to be more of yourself. You know, I used to be someone that was like, I don't want to be an emotional person. You know, being emotional is bad. And then I was like, oh, wait, I was designed to be emotional. And in human design, emotions are very much correlated with creativity as well. So I would say that's really important. And knowing that there's so many different energies and just because it's not natural in your chart, it doesn't mean you don't have access to them. Human design is very much like astrology where there's different transits and we can tap into certain energies, I would say as well. And in terms of business, Definitely or your career, I think knowing your personality profile lines really help. So I think when we were talking, I was like, it's so obvious we're both like that two profile line because people, they kind of see your natural genius that you may not see. And I have a four profile line. So a lot of my business, I'm very fortunate that I don't have to advertise because it comes through word of mouth and people kind of sharing and I'm sure as you've got that six profile line, it's like being an authority, um, having that vision and seeing ahead and that natural influence that really makes people attracted to you.
0: Yeah, I definitely, I definitely feel my six two profile a lot. And I agree just from knowing human design, the pieces you've suggested are so incredibly powerful just to start with. And for me, when I really honor my sacral and that like, yes or no. And you can even hear me on podcasts make that like, mm, like I do make a lot of sacral noises, like all the time.
1: <laughs> the grunting like, mm-hmm, uh-uh, uh-uh.
0: <laughs> and there's always lots of like, mm, oh, like it just, it comes out in such a multitude of ways. But when I allow myself to do that naturally, I can actually tell what my guess and no is. The interesting thing I like, I really like personally about my human design is I have a sacral with an activated spleen. So it's like my sacral Mm. is so quick. And I've really had to learn to trust that my first gut instinct on something is usually right. Yeah.
1: And I think that's where deconditioning, unlearning and unbecoming really comes into play, right? Because we've been told so many things like, especially in modern society, like use your head, not your heart. And so the majority of human design is really getting some external stimulation and going inwards because really only manifestors, which is 9 10% of the world, they're meant to just go after what they want. Whereas everybody else operates differently. And I think going into your human design, you can do a lot of shadow work on a basic level, looking at your centers, whether they're open or undefined, looking at all the different energies that sit there. There's just such a multitude of information. And I love that human design. You can be light or you can go as deep as you can. You know, some clients I've been coaching them a year on their human design and we haven't discovered everything because there's just so much information in there. So if you've got a one profile line as well, you'd really love that, like getting deeper and deeper into this things
0: I love that there are just like astrology right so many different facets inside of human design and for me human design has given me so much permission to be myself in the ways that I innately knew about me Mm. not in like the version of who I need to think I need to show up as or who I thought I would be but I feel like human design and even astrology for me has just, and I would say gene keys I look at too, which all of those systems play off of each other, right? When I learn about myself through these systems, I just, you feel a resonance. Is that really similar when you look at your profile or do clients have that reaction too? Like, oh my gosh, like you're finally giving me permission to be something or act as something that I like always knew was there, but couldn't quite identify.
1: Yeah, it's been such a powerful modality for me to use. And, you know, it can get quite emotional when people are kind of like, I've never been seen like this in my whole life. And really making people realize that they're not broken, that they're already whole and that the way that they are is the way that they're meant to be. And I think the best thing with all of these tools and modalities is to use your discernment and see what really resonates with you. Because for me, for example, I think they all interplay and they work hand in hand. I don't think there's one more that is superior. For example, I think astrology is like a map. It gives you the lay of the land, but human design is like that compass. It gives a bit more practicality. Okay, and now I know this about myself. What can I actually do? And I think that your reaction can be so varied. You know, some readings that I have, people get it straight away. Some people are confused. Some people are very triggered. Um, They can get emotional. I've had people come back three months, even one person a year later, and apologize because they were like, at the time, I was very triggered and I wasn't ready to hear that information. So I kind of think of human design kind of like ayahuasca comes into your life when you're ready and you're meant to hear it. And I think that. So many people, they say when we have readings, they'll listen over and each time they get a new piece of information or the meaning evolves. So I think
0: it's so beautiful how dynamic human design is. So true inside of so many different healing modalities, hearing you say that people will come back later and discover a piece that was really resonant with them. And we're always initially ready to hear that. I have so many there's so much crossover in like shamanic energy healing. I'll have people come in for sessions and yeah, absolutely. They get stuff out of it right away, but that's not always the case. Sometimes people come in, they look at me, they stand up after a session and their eyes are wide and they are like, that was interesting or that was wild. And that's all they say. And then they leave, (laughs) they leave my office and they'll text me like three months later and say, Oh my gosh, thank you. This is what came out of the session. So it's amazing to see, across energetic modalities because human design is also so energetic that there are so many different responses and sometimes this work that we're doing on the energy plane which moves really quickly takes a little bit of time to like catch up and really integrate into our human form which can be really hard for some of us who are I mean I'm a Capricorn I like to work hard I like like instant gratitude as much as anyone else right but That's not always how it goes. Oh my gosh. I'm like a water puddle. I'm like
1: emotional. I am like all flowy. And speaking of flow, that's really funny that you said that because I think people, when you go to some sort of um, session and you're trying to learn something, you can try to push like your human really wants to know everything, but ultimately what's the point? Like there's no fun in that. And I think that when you are intuitive, you start to realize that you will only receive information that is ready for you. And it's also funny because your team can, if you try to get tricky with them, they can They can also play tricks and make things appear one way and then kind of pull it under your feet. And that's what I really loved about when we worked together, because it's like just a bit of information, but not like exact details, because I think that's not really how we evolve and grow if we know everything. I think being intuitive is kind of like a little bit of a cheat code. But there's still more to it to be discovered. And you would probably have the same questions people ask. Like, are you intuitive for yourself? Like, do you read your own things? And like, absolutely. But I'm still going through the human experience as you are. I still have my down times and feeling sad. And then I'm going up on the roller coaster. And then I think something's going to happen and it doesn't. And I think it's just like what is that Shakespeare quote? Expectations are the root of all heartache or something like that. So just kind of like you can have hope and hold something, but at the same time, that duality of like detachment, not attachment.
0: Absolutely. And we all have our own blind spots, right? So as much as we can look at these things and read for ourselves, there's still things that an outside perspective is going to see better for us or is going to be more visible for them than it is for us because it's just sitting in a place where we either may not be ready to see it or we're not looking there. And so that's why I think it's so incredible to have practitioners like you and to have work like this so people can, we can get at those blind spots and people can feel seen and have the healing experiences that they do.
1: Yeah, I always say it's kind of like if your mind is the one creating the problems, it's probably not going to be the one that solves it until you kind of change something. That is one of like my greatest learnings and unlearnings, like nothing changes unless nothing changes. If you're feeling stuck, just do something different because you'll have a different outcome. And you've you've got more like movement and energy towards a decision or changing paths and directions.
0: So I don't want to take up your whole morning, but I would love One, if you can share where people can get your book in the States. I know I pre-ordered mine, I believe on Barnes and Noble. Yes.
1: Yeah. That's the crazy thing. So it's like on Barnes and Noble. I think it's like on Walmart, but you know, also Amazon, when all else fails, it'll be available worldwide through there. And if you'd love to connect with me, I am mainly active on my Instagram at the feedang or my website
0: feedang.com. What about you, Paige? So you can find me at feedyourintuition.com. That's my website or at it's itspagecane on Instagram or on TikTok. And I wanted to plug your Instagram and say that everyone should follow you for some just profound insight and everyday inspiration. You hold such a beautiful space for your community in being vulnerable, being inspiring, being real, and your writing is just so incredibly powerful. So everyone should venture your way on Instagram and follow you.
1: Thank you so much, Paige. That meant so much to me as a do you making intuition fun and really like understandable. And I've had the best time having a conversation with you today. It's just now I'm like, whoa, I'm in the mystics.
0: I'm in the world. I don't know. I'm like, where am I now? (laughs) What's the time? What's going on? Absolutely. I know you and I are going to have to go outside and like ground and get back into our bodies after this, but thank you. Thank you again for listening to this magical, potent conversation with myself and the Dang. As always, I hope you got so much out of the episode. And if you loved the content and feel so inclined to either leave a five-star rating and or a review, I would be so incredibly grateful. You can always simply screenshot and share this episode to your Instagram stories, maybe even include some of your biggest takeaways. And of course, we'll have all of Fee's links, including the name of her book, so you can go and order it now inside of the show notes. If you're feeling inspired around human design, I would love to hear a little bit about your chart. You can always DM me on Instagram at it's itspagecane. Thank you again. I am wishing you such a magical week ahead, and I will see you inside of the next episode. Bye.